In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. It's Darcy. And oh, you, and you <laughs> and me and Kyle. Uh, and we're here uh, with our Quality Matters podcast. Uh, Kyle had asked me to find some case studies. He wanted to have a chance to talk to you guys about how a quality management system can really change your company for the better, help improve um, everything you want it to improve morale. Um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Money. <laughs> Profits. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, so I was just looking online for some case studies, and it brought me to the ASQ website, which Kyle can tell you just a little bit about what ASQ is. Yeah, it's uh, American Society for Quality. It's the largest... Uh, Slow down. It's what? American Society for Quality. Okay. There we go. <laughs> it's the uh, largest uh, quality organization in America. Uh, they have numerous chapters across the United States. I think the one here in Houston is the uh, largest in the United States, and I've actually had the privilege to speak with them before. Okay, so they had a few case studies on there. I went ahead and printed them all off and just picked one up to start reading, and I found it very interesting because, as I mentioned on one of our previous podcasts, my history is in teaching. I spent nine years as a teacher in several different elementary grade levels, and I actually got my master's in educational administration, and uh, once I started understanding more about quality and what Kyle does, I kept saying, man, that's what our school district needs. We need a quality program. So I picked up this article, this case study from ASQ about the Nevada school district and how they saved millions through process management. Wow. So, um, Unfortunately, Kyle's going to have to keep his mouth closed for most of this one. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Unfortunately, the article is from May of 2006, so it's not too recent, but it still gives you an idea of how ISO can be applied to any company, and this isn't really a company. It's, you know, a public education system. So it talks about how in the 90s, the Clark County School District, which services Las Vegas, Nevada, was um, expanding pretty rapidly. Um, they were already a large school district, and they were enrolling at a rate of about 10,000 to 12,000 students a year. That's insane. So, you know, I don't know what the dollar amount is, but usually they get funding per student. Um, however, when this challenge was happening, they were rolling these thousands of students per year in the mid-90s. On top of that, of course, school funding gets cut, as it always does, because, you know, our kids aren't that important. <laughs> um, by tens of millions of dollars, their school funding got cut. So um, I'll get to how they got there, but it says a decade later, they succeeded in not only accommodating their expanding population, but they saved $174 million dollars by implementing ISO 9001 and getting certified. Now, this was to the 2000 standard, because as I mentioned, it was several years ago, and I don't know if they're still certified. It'd be interesting to see if we could 
get a hold of them and maybe talk to their new superintendent and see what's going on with that. So, um, you know, they're a pretty big school district. According to this article, which again was in May of 2006, they were the sixth largest school district in the nation. Um, They had 317 schools. They hired 2,000 new teachers annually. So lots of kids coming in. School funding has been cut. So obviously we've got to cut money somewhere. What are we doing wrong? So the administrators said, we've got, like I said, we've got to cut money somewhere, but they were committed to the instruction of the kids. And so we've, they said, we've got to look at our non-instructional aspects within our district. Um, in 2000, a new superintendent came into place. Um, and the school board members went to a policy government governance convention in Colorado where they just happened to attend a presentation on ISO 9000-2001, which is a management system based on eight principles. You know those off the top of your head? Well, it's changed a little bit. There's uh, seven quality management principles now, but the, uh, the gist of it is that we want to be a process approach. We want to look at how we get things done start to finish focus on customer satisfaction. Um, it, that can be another 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 time to dive into those. Okay, well, so they went over the eight principles in this meeting and they learned how there was one district in Colorado that had was the first large district in the nation to become ISO certified. And those board members were convinced that this process management system would help them. And that's what they needed to do. So the superintendent of Clark County at that time said, well, I think this is interesting. And he went to the school district in Colorado. Over the next 18 months, uh, he started to work on creating a management process system, an MPS for their district after visiting the one in Colorado and seeing how it worked and seeing how it improved. And they did it in a very orderly fashion. So it says that they had 46 departments in their school district. Wow. Obviously, you can't do all that at once. (laughs) No. So they worked on the first five. And um, they worked on human resources, purchasing, maintenance, curriculum and professional development, and the board of school trustees um, and the management process office. That's what they did. They got the first five departments certified. Um, As of the time of this article in May of uh, 2006, there were 13 divisions certified. Um, 3,000 employees were trained, and they have three critical components to their success. Training. How important is that, Kyle? Oh, my gosh. Um, Competence and training is just absolute absolute key, um, especially for an organization of this size. Uh, I, I know from just listening to you over the years when you taught, there are just endless, endless bits of paperwork that are state-imposed and government-imposed, and, and the school can't do much to clean that up. But knowing where to take it and how to file it and what checkoffs need to be and why those sign-offs need to be there, oh my gosh, it could have saved so much headache and heartache. It's unreal. Yeah, I used to joke about, like, fill out this form that shows that you filled out the other form that shows that you turned in this student data, and it was just so frustrating, the number of forms that we had to fill out, and that's part of what actually um, led me to quitting is just, you know, I call it the politics, but it's not really the politics. It's just, like, just leave me alone and let me teach. Stop stop giving me paperwork. Yeah. 
So there's one paragraph I hate to read to you verbatim, but, you know, as a teacher, this kind of meant a lot to me. Each employee kind of that got certified kind of started feeling the impact that they have on instructional learning. They felt their connection to the students finally. So a maintenance worker, a maintenance worker learns that students learn best in clean, well-lit and maintained environments. I think they probably already knew that, but they really, I think, realized the difference it made. Well, let me jump in real quick. This is one thing that when you start going through and you start mapping your processes and you start taking a look at interested parties, an interested party is nothing but someone on the inside or someone on the outside of the organization that has an effect. And you start taking a look at your infrastructure, you start taking a look at the environment, and you put this stuff on paper. When you put it on paper and you look at it and you talk about it, suddenly these no-nonsense, common-sense things that we overlook every day jump out in front of us and are just clear to see. Yeah, I think it's important for all, especially in a school district, for non-instructional personnel to understand mm-hmm. how their job directly affects the students. Amen. Um, you know, there was always the problem in our classrooms. One classroom would be hot, one would be cold. One, you know, and it's, I would tell the parents to send their kids with a jacket because we never know if it's going to be hot or cold. That was the silliest thing to me. We live in Houston. It's, it's hot. It's 90 to 100 outside and kids are coming to school with jackets. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's true. So um, it's, you know, they said that people made changes in the way they do their jobs. The maintenance crew, which I mentioned earlier, they realized that if they come, I mean, this is kind of common sense, but they didn't connect the dots. If they come in during instruction, that interrupts the teacher's instruction. And even if the teacher isn't actively teaching and say the kids are independent reading or she's meeting with reading groups or whatever the case may be, the kids are still like, oh, what's he doing? What's he fixing? Oh, that's cool. He's yeah. changing light bulb. Kids are fascinated by that. So the maintenance crew started changing when they came in. They would make sure they came in before school started, after school started, or on the weekends to to accommodate the instruction. And, and that's exactly, you're talking about the principles. One of them is um, involvement of people. And this isn't true just in the quality management system. This is true in health and safety, environmental management. It does not matter the management system you're in involvement of people is crucial it doesn't mean just get everyone into a meeting and have a kumbaya meeting it means really explain in detail how their job affects the whole uh, you know it's one of the most frustrating things when i go do audits and part of the standard is to know the quality policy policy here could be a mission statement any anything of that sort right and so people will pull a book from their back pocket because they were giving it to them the day before the audit so they could recite the quality policy. Great. You told me the policy technically met the letter of the law of the standard. Yeah, they're not invested in it. Then I'll ask them, well, what do you know about it? And you get there in the headlights looks. The companies where people don't have it memorized, but instead roundabout explain how their job meets the requirements, those are the good ones. Those are the fun ones to audit. Well, I think that was the difference here because they were kind of treading new territory here. This is, you know, it talks about how ISO 9001 is really used in manufacturing, which we've mm-hmm. talked about earlier. So they didn't really have a participant's guide or a mm-hmm. manual to go with. So they had to write their own participant's guide. And it yeah. talks about how they worked hard to write it in concise, jargon-free language, and now they share it with other educational fields. And they did say that one of the, their biggest surprises was how excited the employees were to be doing this. 
Well, and you know, that's, that's one thing that's really fun, too, is the 2000 edition of the Standard was actually very heavily uh, written, kind of language-wise, for manufacturing facilities. Where if you look at today's edition, the 2015 edition, uh, it's very much service-oriented, um, very much more comfortable language. But so even if then, they could do on the 2000 edition of the standard to something that has nothing to do with manufacturing processes. It's just a, to me, it's such a great, wonderful example of how easily adaptable these standards are. Um, I don't know how many times I've talked to folks and they say that they want to be compliant and not certified because they don't want to be told what to do. That's not what it's about. Isn't that what compliant is? Compliant is following the rules. (laughs) Well, it is, but it's not being... See, the standard doesn't tell you what to do. The standard ensures you tell yourself what you need to do to achieve your goals. Well, I think this is something that we've talked about with each other is the top-down leadership. So it clearly came from the superintendent. He was passionate about this. Mm -hmm. He was passionate about cutting costs, but not at the expense of the students. Mm -hmm. Um, So... It was, it's the top-down leadership. The superintendent believed in this, and he believed in making it happen, and he believed in giving his employees a say in it, is what it sounds like to me. Um, they realized that uh, lack of communication mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. was a stumbling block, so they put <laughs> in a process for that. Yeah. And then once employees realized that their voice was getting heard, they got more excited about using this. Uh, that's, some, uh, that's something that's so interesting for me here as well is if you look in the standards, they they don't speak a whole lot about communication. And it, it's actually kind of frustrating. I wish there was more requirements in the standard for internal and external communication. Um, and, you know, the ability to effectively communicate goals and objectives and communicate how well you achieved them, which is, is kind of, I think, what you're going to jump to next, that's what makes great quality management systems great yeah it's one thing to have your goals and objectives on a sign out there (laughs) i mean i have to say that was one thing we used to have to do i think it was my last year of teaching they started having us write the objectives for each of our lessons on the board and i thought well these kids aren't going to pay attention to this they don't this is just a waste it was one of those things that was a waste of my time Mm -hmm. that i don't i don't know why they did that you don't even have to but that's the thing. Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? I don't know why I did it. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they're having exactly. me do stuff that I don't know understand the purpose. They didn't have my buy-in. No, it, and, and that's, that's the way it happens so often, and it's, it's so frustrating because then you're wondering, why in the world am I doing it? And if you have to ask, why am I doing this, odds are you're, you're not going to communicate what was intended to be communicated. I mean, these kids, it would just be, what, just one more thing that their teacher says? Exactly. One more thing to write down? Exactly. And then you become the Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. You know, that's how you feel sometimes. Um, so, of course, they're streamlining their processes, making everything more efficient. So then they were able to keep up with their growing population. Not only were they able to keep up with the expanding population, so this is costing more them more money, but over 10 years, they were able to save, as I mentioned, 174000 or million, not yeah. thousand, million <laughs> dollars. That's $1.74 million a year. That's huge. That's insane. That really is. That's huge. And it says it was in cost savings and cost avoidance. So um, I just want to take note, and maybe this is another one of those articles that Kyle can put the link to, um, you know, after we're done. But there's a little chart here that shows where they were able to cut all the costs. 
And the first two things on the, the chart are from the food service department. And the very first one is where they placed the work order request form online. Wow. That's all they did. It wow. was a work order request <laughs> form. They placed it online. Kyle, how much did that save them? Oh my gosh, that's what, $206,000? $206,000 by putting one form online. Simple solutions. Simple solutions are what saves the yeah. most. So just ask yourself, what would that do wow. for your company? And then the second one on the list is placing their policy and procedures. The food department, food service department only, mm -hmm. placed their policy and procedures manual online, which saved them almost $63,000. Oh, yeah. And uh, think about how many times, just some, something simple. You want to see what your kids are having for lunch that day. Mm -hmm. to know if to send them lunch or not. How many people would have to be there answering the phone if that wasn't there? Yeah, but that, I mean, this isn't even a lunch menu. This is all internal documents. Oh, geez, okay. So it's, you know, a work order request. Yeah. Something breaks in your kitchen and the food uh, service gotcha. department across the district, you got to put in a work order request. Well, now it's online. And, you know, just think about that because before they probably had to fill it out and take it to somebody else that had to take it to somebody else. So you think about the labor, the mm -hmm. printing, the paper, the everything. So just those two things, putting those two things online saved them almost $270,000. Yeah. That's crazy. It so is. It breaks down the rest of the um, the savings and exactly how they ended up saving the hundred and seventy four um, million dollars, which is pretty amazing. It I is. think it is. Um, well, just because the uh, the IT geek in me, I see one here. Where it says uh, initiated remote control of computers. And they saved. That half was also within the food service department. Yeah, so just within one department, that's half a million dollars. Yeah, it's just insane, and uh, and I can personally attest to how much time that would save because I worked for a, a help desk for a short period of time. Large campus, I could remote into any station from my computer, saved hours a day. I could work on five or six computers all at once, effectively. Um, the next job I had, they had a very clear policy that they wanted no remote access to the PCs. So I would, on an average day, walk maybe two or three miles. Just going and think and about forth. that time if you add, you know, did the salary fig configuration or oh, whatever, yeah. did the math of the salary to figure out how much they were paying you to walk back and forth to other computers. Oh, yeah. It was, it's, it's insane. They're paying you to get your exercise. Exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, that shows after I left. Yeah. <laughs> So, the, I mean, it's just funny that they talk about the food service art department because early in the article it did talk about how the food service employees realized that not only having it, they knew having a nutritional lunch mattered, but the efficiency of getting through the line mm -hmm. so the kids actually had time to eat and they didn't yeah. feel rushed to eat and then they could digest their food properly. Yep. So the food service department sounds like they were really on board with this and um, that's that's pretty amazing. Because this is, this is amazing. Like you said, I mean, it looks like just adding it real quickly, about a million of it came from the food service department that is just so, crazy so now the the departments that are certified get audited every six months to make sure that they're still doing what they need to do and you know again this was written in 2006 so their next goal was to uh, go go down to the school level and start getting principals and um, teachers on board and oh wow and you know just continuing through their what did i say 46 departments or so that is just fascinating getting it done so it'd just be interesting to keep doing a case study and see which which school districts are if there's you know like kyle mentioned we're in houston and texas mm -hmm. and see if there's any i know it, the article mentioned that there is one in texas 
you know, but hopefully there's more by now. I would love for our kids school district to get this done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And again, this goes back to what I talk about with what quality is. Quality is effectively saying what you're going to do and ensuring you do it repeatedly, but you cannot do that without clear policy. Cannot do that without clear procedures and they have to be available at the point of use. Now that doesn't mean stacks of binders in everyone's office. It means a simple web service where folks can go, get the most accurate and update to information that they need, and they're trained on how to do it. Yeah, and, and like you said, repeatable, and that you know each employee is gonna um, follow the same action every time. And you know, we had a personal situation with our school district regarding the transportation department. And um, th we brought up the whole quality thing with them. And clearly they did not have a management system in place. You know, phone calls didn't get returned. One person said another person said this. And it, and it just didn't happen. And I, it seems they even mentioned there's a high turnover within the transportation department. And it all goes back to morale and feeling invested in your job. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they had this in place, yeah. it wouldn't have been an issue. No, and when you have documented process procedures and policies, you know your manager will have your back because you're following what you've been trained to do. And not only you've been trained to do it, but you know why it's important to the organization. Everyone's on the same page. Darn near everything in the organization is going to improve. And your customers or your clients, in this case, parents and students can exactly. tell. They can tell you're an effective school district. They can tell you're mm -hmm. on the same page. They can tell you're all working for the good of the kids. So. I, th I think that's important. Nope, I love it. This is a great example. So I, you know, let's. We'd love to see see your comments under oh, this yeah. article. How do you think you're? Let's let's not call out the school districts no. now, please. <laughs> We're not asking you to do that. Right. But tell us, how do you think your school district is working? Do you think that they could benefit from something like this? And if they do, tell them to call Texas Quality Assurance. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that'd be awesome. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. But seriously, guys, we want to know. You know, you. I'm sure you all have kids or had kids or have grandkids. What do you think about your school district? Do you think that they would benefit from uh, getting ISO certified. It's a very interesting topic. We'll have to uh, revisit this again in a few months. Yeah, looking forward to hearing your comments or reading your comments <laughs> on this. All right, well, I guess that's it. That'll wrap us up. Uh, thank you very much. All right, next time, guys. Test record, make sure I can hear it. Hey, hey, what's up? <laughs>